Think about your dream right now. Won't you think about it? Here's what I know. That dream that you're holding in your mind, that it's possible. Welcome to the Dynasty Dream Sequence. Today it's it's a special day. It's it's been it's been a minute. We could we could say it's been a minute. So with us this evening, this wonderful reintroduction, we have Mr. Czar. Czar, what's going on? Nothing much. Uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's 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 been weird. Uh, I'm just hanging out with you guys. This is this is some top notch stuff, and you know, not not. The chat only takes us so far, really. And in addition to Czar, I mean, we have the A team tonight. Let's let's be honest here. Um, in addition to Czar, we've got Mr. Dylan Lurch. Dylan, what's going on? What's up? It's fucking cold in Houston today. This guy's over here complaining about forty-five degree temperatures. Like it's cold. It's chilly. Like max level. That's chilly. That's not cold. I almost froze to death on the way home. It's cold. Man, that's soft. I forgot you guys definitely all live below the Mason Dixon though. Um, Zara doesn't, right? Zara, you're. Or am I thinking oh, I'm other... in Arizona. I am. Oh yeah, no. Oh, you guys are all below the Mason Dixon. Yep. Oh, like way below, like Mexican below. Yeah. And uh, finally, certainly not lastly, the the man who's bringing the crew back, who's getting the crew back together. Mr. Sticky Z. Sticky, what's going on? What's up? Happy to be back. Happy for the podcast to be back. Happy to finally talk some offense. Um, I basically spend every week just talking about defense, IDP. So I wanted to get the gang together and, uh, you know, someone's going to make it happen and talk a little offense. So hopefully we can do that um, tonight. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, we're going to try to get back onto a more of a regular schedule Life kind of kicked us all in the ass simultaneously. Like three of us got married. I might be making up that number, but I'm pretty sure it's three. <laughs> um, a couple of us had school. Like one of us is a lawyer, you know, another one's mm-hmm. it, it's Christmas time. So Dylan's obviously, you know, he's a busy man right now. Slinging packages. Oh, just man. slanging packages um, <laughs> on the corner. Um, so today, guys, I think what our, what we hope to do is talk about a couple of different things. Um, you know, I think just to open things up, though, there was a great question uh, posted in the chat by Sticky. Let's give credit where credit's due. Um, and and the question was, do you take 101 and Mixon or 102 and Kamara? Okay, rude. First off, that was me that posted that. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, yeah, it is a really good question. Um, it was in a it was in a post about a guy who was on the sub, and he's talking about um, how he had a pretty good team, and he got one hundred one or one hundred one in the previous year, and took Fournette, and then got one hundred two this year, and wondering what he should do. And then he brought up that trade, and like he said, it was it was his 
um, Kamara and 102 for Mixon and 101. So I guess um, I posted that in the chat because it is really interesting, and we've all got different opinions on it, which is awesome. I'm definitely personally on the uh, 101 and Mixon side, but I've also been a bit of a Mixon fan. So I don't know what the rest of you guys think about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's – I mean, we say 101 – I mean, we're really talking about Barkley. I mean, I think that's pretty – I mean, I know people say, you know, the one-on-one has more value come draft time, but I, I really believe in – at least this year and in, in a little bit last year as well, it's just kind of locked in. Um, maybe – actually, that's probably say more than last year because there's really no one holds a candle um, to him right now. Maybe in Superflex leagues, um, if there's like a hot landing spot, maybe. But uh, Superflex two quarterback. But, yeah, I think I'm on the um, – I think I'm on the 101 side as well. I, I just I like Kamara, and I know we have a nice group here. People that like him and dislike him. Um, I didn't love him coming out, but I, obviously you can't deny what he's done. Um, but I just it's, it's unsustainable, and I'm sure Dylan can speak to that a little bit. So I think I just take Barkley because I, I believe he is the you know 10 years from now who's going to have a better career, and I, I would put all my money on Barkley having a better fantasy career um, going forward. And uh, I mean, let's be honest here. I'm I'm a Barkley stan, so it's not really. I don't I don't even really like Mixon. Um, I just think if you're saying Kamara is greater than the 101, which ADP does state that as Dylan stated in our arguments, um, or in our in our discussion, you know, you're saying basically that you don't plan on there being any regression or changes in the new Orleans offense. And I think that's a hard thing to do. Um, it's a hard thing to say. So I'm in Mixon actually looked good when they started using him in the shotgun. Um, so to me, the one Oh two is a big enough drop off to say that I want Barkley, which I mean, I'm just biased anyway, so I'm just going to come right out there. Um, but I would totally understand why somebody would take Kamar on the one Oh two as well. Um, that just both make a lot of sense. So Dylan, what's your thought? Well, if, if you're a a team that's competing right now, like if you're in the playoffs right now, I don't think it's particularly close. Like I, I I respect that one oh one and Kamara right now are relatively interchangeable. Like ADP says Kamara, but you give it two or three months, it probably flips. So they're roughly in the same range, but I mean, he's like rest of season RB three, RB four or better. So like if you are competing, if you, if you are starting him for money right now, like, I mean, I, I, I get that, you know, it's Dynasty. You're playing for multiple years, but he still has a great outlook going forward, too. Like, he's not like he's going to be, uh, he's going to regress so hard that all of a sudden he's an RB2, RB3 going forward. So, like, if you are if you are playing for money right now in week 14, I don't think this is particularly close. You just lock in that, that high-end RB1. You take the 102, which right now, what is it, Geis or or whatever whatever wide receiver prospect you like best or someone who has a great combine and comes out. Like, I, I mean, I don't really know exactly who the 102 is going to be, but, I mean, historically, the difference between 101 and 102 is not huge. And Mixon looks at best a mid-first, mid-to-late first kind of running back prospect right now from what he's shown us um, over the course of 12 weeks. And I mean, he's his status isn't even it isn't even locked in for a, a starting running back uh, going forward with this concussion. So um, if it's for my money, I'm taking Kamara in the 102, and I'm not feeling pretty, you know, I'm not feeling any regret about it. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'll take those points in the bank right now and, and and deal with what happens in the future. In the future, I think that's a great point to say that 
<clears throat> a lot of it depends on team composition. And I think we were just taking it in a vacuum. But what Dylan said there is is pretty pretty legit as far as be aware of what your team needs. Zar, what's going on? Um, uh, first off, I do want to agree that if, if you're trying to trade Kamara right now and you're contending, then you're an insane person. Even if you think you got a good value increase in the 101, uh, it's not worth points or money. So you got to do that. But I sort of want to speak to the idea that the difference between 101 and 102 isn't that great. And I think statistically you're right, but th- there are drafts, even just recent drafts, where that um, just reminds me of Zeke Elliott versus Treadwell at 101-102. It, in Zeke's draft, whatever, two years ago, he was far and away the 101, and it wasn't close. I don't – even the biggest Treadwell supporter was at least – probably 50-50 or 60-40 by the time the draft actually came around. So when there is a clear-cut prospect that is the 101, kind of like it looks or feels right now, I think that it is possible that the the disparity in value between 101 and 102 can be a difference maker in a trade consideration like this. So just if there was competition at the 102 that was closer to Barkley, maybe, but he's got all the hype and he looks really good right now. So just trying to remember the, the mistakes some of us made in the past. When there's a clear-cut 101, that value does jump, even if it doesn't translate to a, a trade calculator sort of value type of thing. But then, it, but by the same token, aren't there aren't there years where the 102 has been better than the 101? So, like, if you're taking the whole range, like, you're, you know, y- yeah, right now it certainly looks like Barkley is, is, is a step up, but then, you know, shit happens, and all of a sudden, you know, the 102, 103, 104 in you know going back looking at the results ends up being the better play um that's that i mean that's kind of always a possibility yeah there was a guy in the sub who uh i I mean i don't know what his methods were but uh, just a couple a couple months ago he basically did a hit rate uh valuation saw that the 102 actually had a higher hit rate than the 101 um which he which was interesting um I, i don't know what the you know i don't know what data he was using for that or Maybe he just had bad drafters, whatever he used. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Right. And so I that may be the that, difference. Yeah, that range, using the whole range of situations, I do think that the 102 probably is a lot closer to the 101 in the long run. But the just the idea that there are years where there's a clear-cut prospect at the top, um, that exists. And we have to consider whether that's the situation here, even though it might not be. Maybe Geist makes the gap closer. Maybe Sutton does. Um but it has happened in the past where it's there's such a clear disparity between the two that you've got to consider um, widening the gap in your mind, even if it doesn't show up there otherwise. But yeah, over yeah, if we're doing all the drafts ever, I do think the 102 and 101 are a lot closer. Right? Um, so I think that's a that's a pretty good place to to turn to the rest of our conversations because um, we've got a lot to to cover tonight and. A, you guys crushed that question. So when it comes down to it, I think we are at a point in time where we can reflect on what we saw this season. So when it comes down to what we now know, who is your biggest surprise this season in Dynasty? Um, and, and I, you know, it's it's been a crazy year. Let's, let's just leave it at that. So... Zar, why don't you lead us off with what you think is the the biggest surprise of the year? Um, So my biggest surprise of the year, um, sort of thinking big picture, but also because I have him in our Nightmare League, 
and I wasn't planning on having a good team this year is Carson Wentz for Superflex in two QB leagues. Like we were just coming off a year where Wentz started off hot and then looked borderline miserable down the second half of last season, just for various reasons. There was pressure problems. He didn't have any skill position guys, so on and so forth. But I, I don't think any of us saw him moving into the top tier of, of dynasty quarterbacks. So he's been a, a very pleasant surprise. He's thrown a, just a fuck ton of touchdowns and uh, it's kind of fun to watch. And that offense just looks amazing. He's jumped into that top tier and I don't think anyone would have expected that this, uh, this soon in his career. And a weird addendum. And I just need to do this because it fits right into what we're talking about. I don't think any of us thought that Nelson Aguilar was ever going to become anything. He was going in what, like the 15th, 16th round, something ridiculous like that before the uh, season started. He was on the waivers in dream league. Yeah. Like there's, and now he's rated like his, when targeted in the slot, (laughs) he's rated as like a top 30 wide receiver graded out by PFF. Like, yeah, his uh, I was ADP up, and he was uh, two thirty eight in August ADP. That's just it's just wild. The whole Eagles offense has just been so good. Um, now I would like to offer just so Adam feels you know Sticky feels really great right now. I'd like to heap on the praise. He's obviously an Eagles fan, so this whole Wentz and Aguilar thing is really puffing up his ego. We're also in GMs together. We're co owners, and during the draft. <laughs> He bid highly on Mark, oh, I see where we're on Mark Ingram. Highly on Mark Ingram. And everybody called him a maniac, including yours truly. I was like, what are you doing? There's no way Mark Ingram hits that value. We had him for like, what, Sticky? The 12th most expensive running back? I don't know about that. He was expensive, though. It was for It sure. was definitely top 15. Um, the, it was like a 14, because it's a contract league. Um, it's best ball. So... You know, we got hammered on. Adam got hammered on really hard, and and now I'd like to say my my dearest apologies. I was incredibly wrong. And sir, if you'd like to talk about Mark Ingram, I'll I'll open up the floor to you. Yeah, I mean, because we're kind of talking like biggest surprises, and and uh, I was looking at his ADP right now, and and in August he was eighty fourth overall, which is pretty crazy. Um, and you look at him now, uh, and I believe he's leading the league. In uh in touchdowns, um he is up there in yards. I mean him and um obviously his his teammate who I, I'm sure I don't want to probably talk about um are both playing out of their minds uh right now. But uh yeah, I mean I obviously uh, just to be transparent, I mean I there was rumors of him coming to the Eagles and I thought it was a great fit and this was before like Gary Blunt was there. Um and we had you know basically nobody, so that's kind of what made me want to take him so high. And you know when you're doing a uh, auction like that, you, I we broke someone's proxy, and it was I think he would for like something like RB nineteen or actually something like that. Um, but uh, you know he's been crazy good, and and, I, and he's twenty eight years old, and I think he's vastly um, outplayed what anyone expected him to do. And if that's a function of just you know honestly, I, I don't even know. I mean, when AP was there, it was not good, um, and just the the the, sh- the thunder and the lightning of uh, Kamara, Kamara must be helping him because um, their line is not great. I mean, yeah, it's Drew Brees, but they, he, they just pound the rock and, and you know, he gets crazy um, amounts of carries, amounts of yards per carry. I mean, he's at 5.1 yards per carry, um, which is absolutely insane. Um, 
you know, that's fifth. Um, Kamara's at seven yards of carry on uh, almost 100 last carries. So, you know, when you, when you add 100 carries, you're obviously your, your average is going to go down. But I think anything over five in the NFL is massive. Um, and he's just been incredibly good. And, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. Obviously, you know, we're getting to the end of the season, so we want to look at that a little bit. Um, I, I don't, this has been reported that he is going to go all – if he gets um, ranked as an all-pro, he becomes a free agent. Um, I don't know what the language is around that. That seems a little crazy. Um, I, I think that if he if they go find the playoffs um, and they offer him good money to stay because he's been doing well, he's a bit older, um, I don't know if he's going to leave the team. And then that factors in, of course, to Kamara's value and the offense as a whole. So we'll have to keep, our, keep an eye on that and uh, see if that's legit or not. But uh, definitely someone that I'm very surprised and, by. <clears throat> to just a, a quick addendum to that, like – their offensive line has been playing out of control too. Uh, I, their yards before contact are some of the highest in the NFL in comparison to other backs. And I mean, it's it's just that whole offense has been playing really well. So, Dylan, let's let's go to you because obviously your player fits right into this this mold. So, yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest surprise has been Alvin Kamara. Like he, he was a, a late first, high second rookie pick. Um, he he was kind of projected to be you know the that perennial oh he's the next Darren Sproles type but he's actually you know like looking at his numbers it's it's ludicrous he's averaging over eight yards per touch uh, 146 touches 13 touches per touchdown like he's basically just um you know this is his best running back of all time type numbers obviously on on a relatively small sample size and you know he's he's probably not the best running back of all time um that's pretty you know you know hot take right there uh but he's he's been ridiculously good um virtually anyone who drafted him in the in in the late first or or early second round is is you know should have you know at least be competing for a playoff spot um i mean to me he's he's easily the the answer uh i'd also like to add uh robbie anderson too um for a guy who was probably available on waivers or you know virtually free in trades he's a running uh wide receiver two on the season He's a wide receiver, sixteen overall in points per game. You know, been 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 scoring twelve to fifteen points per almost every single game since week six. Like it's been it's been completely ridiculous for for a, a player you, you could have gotten for free. So those are my two guys. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. So for me, um, this is a player who stood out to me because I have him in in the dream league in the two quarterback league. Uh, and that has to be Josh McCown, who's coming in right now in seventh best scoring quarterback this year and has like, I mean, a lot of it's just insanely lucky. He has, he's got more rushing touchdowns than an absurd number of running backs. I think he's like top 10 right now in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Is that right? It's something ridiculous like that. He's he's just got an insane number of rushing touchdowns, which he's Josh McCown, like zero people expected for him to have. Um as many rushing touchdowns as Cam Newton, like and Dak Prescott, like that wasn't supposed to happen. So obviously there's, there's something going on there, but as, as far as, you know, other things are concerned, he's, you know, elevated the games of guys like Robbie Anderson, you know, played exceedingly well just last week or two weeks ago, there was that crazy pass where McCown was out. He had like ran out to the right and, Robbie Anderson was running deep right corner to the end zone and he just like waved Robbie Anderson to go even deeper and just like lobs this beautiful touchdown pass. You know, <clears throat> he's balling out. 
and that's hard to deny. It's just a great argument for the uh, late quarterback if you pick the right guy. As far as my other player, I would probably have to say Chris Thompson's my other late round gem. You know, he was another player who I had actually liked quite a bit before just because I didn't think anybody else in the Redskins backfield was good. Um, He's quick. He's an incredible pass catcher. And this year was just so explosive. He lit a spark under that team. And it was just devastating seeing him go to IR, I think, for basically everybody. Um, so, Zar, I think that you have another person you want to talk about before we cream off to people we hate. Sure, yeah. Um, the other yes. guy I have is – so one of them was Aguilar. I actually have a, like over 30% <laughs> rate of my teams having him. So that was one of them. But along the same lines, Devin Funches. Uh, I think is shocking everyone. So we all initially got sort of surprised by the trade that happened when Kelvin Benjamin got shipped off to Buffalo for like a fourth because he's fat and was playing like garbage and sort of still is. But that opened up this this window for Funch and he looks quick. He looks spry. He doesn't run routes like the crappy tight end convert that he was at Michigan when he came out. Like he's he's huge. We all know that he's huge because everybody talks about it because Cam can't throw passes super accurately. But um, watching Funches on some of these screens lately or this pass he had this last week where he caught it um, backwards on the sideline, it was basically a mini jump ball, and then just turns around and sprints past two DBs to the end zone. We uh, we couldn't have seen that coming. He, he's never played like that before. And now he's probably a, a decent wide receiver two or three with upside for – wide receiver one weeks if cam ever gets any better at throwing passes so he was a huge surprise unfortunately i sold off my only share of him for martavis bryant and a 2019 first because i just couldn't pass that up but he's a lot of fun to watch and i like the fact that we still have evidence that it does take a little bit for some wide receivers to break out and if we hold these guys we can get huge dividends and uh return on investments so yeah, that's my guy. I think guy. it's a great point as far as holding players. You know, if you think they have talent, then sometimes it pays off. Um, you know, guys like Robbie Anderson, who came out as just a crazy athlete. Um, you know, people who had looked at Funches and said, you know, he's he's pretty impressive um, as far as an athlete and just a specimen was concerned. And then he just came out. He's way more aggressive at the catch point than we ever anticipated. Like everybody just said, he's such a, such a wimp at the catch point. Uh, and he's just crushing it. So one other person I think needs to be mentioned briefly, well, two other people. I mean, Adam Thielen, just a, has just been incredible. Um, so we good. never, trash. yeah. Undrafted trash. Hey. UDFA um, trash. White boys can't ball. We know it. So, just a gym rat. Um, you know, he's always he's he <laughs> always got the notebook, always practicing so hard. Super coachable. <laughs> Super yeah. yes. Real Just polite too. Like, um, but just been we nobody expected him to outperform Diggs, and he's just been crushing it. And let's be honest, if anybody watched football on Thanksgiving, who was the best player playing? It might have been Marvin Jones. Like, if you were watching the way he played on that Thursday, he had no right doing what he did to one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. No right. Um, 
and maybe he does. Maybe he's way better than, you know, a lot of us originally thought. He was, <clears throat> he's just balling out. Um, he's basically playing like a wide receiver one, and Golden Tate has taken a wicked backseat uh, in, that, in that wide receiver core. So, <laughs> Dylan, we're going to go back to the Saints here because it's time to talk about our biggest letdowns. And and you know who broke your heart the most this season? So go ahead and go ahead and cry. I've got my shoulders ready. Yeah, um, this guy. Oh man, I don't even know what to say. Like he's just—it's sad. Um, he he was an undrafted free agent, which you know obviously means he's trash, um, as all undrafted free agents are. He's uh, Correct. yeah, he's 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 bad. No, I don't think he's bad. I think he's. Uh, Willie Sneed. Fucking Willie Sneed. All right, so he was suspended to start the season. And then, of course, like every suspended player, he gets a hamstring injury, and that kind of lingers a little bit. And then he's, like, kind of benched, but kind of not benched. And the players around him are playing really well, and the team's playing really well without him. So, like, obviously he's not going to get thrown into the mix because he's fucking Willie Sneed and he sucks ass. Um, but, I, I, Willie, please come back. I don't, I don't know, man. Like you, you, what was it like 900 yards year one and year two? Like you, you do it, do it. Any, anyone out there, I, I don't have it up right now, but do a PFR query for players who in their first two years had a had seasons like Willie Sneed. Like it's basically just like all the best receivers that you could possibly want and other random idiots like, you know, Sammy Watkins, but it's, it's, it's a bunch of really good players for the most part. And Willie Sneed was in that kind of company. And now he's has like, what, like 14 yards on the season, like three catches, something stupid stupid like that like i don't even i don't even uh, want to look it up is it is it ted ginn is that what happened to him i, I ten ginn ted ginn he might have like i mean that that they don't have enough pass attempts to really sustain a third receiver on that team right now especially when kamar himself is kind of getting that those third receiver numbers so he, he you know more accurately might have gotten alvin i don't know like that's it's just it's sad i i think mm-hmm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna double down and, and buy some more for 2018 because i hate myself but, Let's be fair here. I mean, Willie Sneed. What, what, Kamara is like what Mike Thomas should be. Like, as <laughs> he's like the wide receiver one on that team. Kamara, Kamara is like Mike Thomas plus Willie Sneed plus Randy Moss plus Jimmy oh, Graham. Yeah, from, when he was on the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Kamara is all of that. <laughs> so like, there's no room for anyone else, obviously. But no, it's just it's just sad. Why why do you even have to mention him? I, I think it is Kamara. I think that's actually a good call because Sneed was that sort of safety valve, always open, you know, crosser guy. And I think when yeah, you can like, dump it off to Kamara and he's going to get you 30 yards, you know, that, the choice not? is easy. <laughs> yeah. Just take that easy button out, just like uh, just like we all did in the draft when John Ross fell to one ten, right, Adam? Right? Isn't that what happened? Took out the easy button. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean that that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit was what the bleep bleep explicative bleep happened to the 2017 wide receiver class. Um, starting with John Ross, I mean he's the fastest player in the NFL. Tyreek Hill can go chew rocks. I don't think he would have a chance in a, a 40 compared to John Ross. Um, so when Chris Collinsworth or whatever calls uh, Tyreek Hill the fastest player in the NFL, he's he's wrong because these guys were tested um, and uh, John Ross won uh, already. But anyway, I digress. So John Ross has no catches. He has a fumble. I believe he's finished the year with negative points in MFL. 
um, negative 0.02 or something like that for the fumble. Uh, and he's been shut down now subsequently. So what do we do? I think he's an easy buy. Um, you don't, you know, I, I've seen some talk of uh, Marvin Lewis being gone um, from the team. I, you know, that's been talked about a little bit. And, you know, when you have the fastest player in the NFL, the real fastest player, you really should be putting him on the field, have him run a nine route. Um, I understand, you know, sometimes you don't want these guys out there get their liability. They run the wrong route. Then, you know, that, that can cause interceptions. That can cause other problems, um, mess up other things. So I understand, you know, not getting guys out there that aren't ready. But uh, when you, you – your speed, I know he does a lot more than that. Um, and Steve's shaking his fist at me because, he, you know, he knows John Ross can be more than that. Um, you just put him out there. And, and to transition that, I mean, what the heck – with all the receivers, um, when you know the 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 f- nearest first round pick is number six in uh, receptions on the year, and you have a guy like Copper Cup, Cooper Cup, I'm sorry, uh, a third round pick, late third, is leading the receivers in receptions. Something's going on, um, and you don't have, like I said, a first rounder until number six overall. You don't. There's only six guys, ending with Corey Davis, um, who have more than twenty receptions. And even last year, which wasn't a great, really a great year for rookie wide receivers, um, it goes down to, we'll just say 14, because these guys all have 19 um, with Kevin White. So it's definitely a down year there. Um, and, you know, these are guys you want to go and buy. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. If people are down on them. Um, you know, they have the draft pedigree. They have a future to play. Um, I think you need to go buy these guys because we see, we just talked about Funchess. We just talked about Thielen. We, we were talking about third-year players. Um even though Theon's a little older, but third-year guys who are going to break out. I think that's still a thing. Um, and people are a little um, bit dismissive of that third-year breakout, but you go time and time again, and you'll see third-year breakout, third-year breakout, third-year breakout. So hopefully that works with Treadwell next year. Um, hopefully that that's going to be the story of a lot of these guys, um, and we'll see what happens. But I think easily every single rookie wide receiver, um, John Ross included, um, is definitely worth taking a look at. Because if you can get these guys cheap and uh, just get a little bit of value flip on them, um, that's that's a huge win. And take a guy, I mean, like Mike Williams, you know, he's he has uh, 15 targets, nine catches, but like, yeah, that's a first round pick right there. You know, he may be shitty on the stat column; he hasn't played a ton, but uh, any sort of value you can get on him um, when people start to get crazy for rookies, like go for it. Like, uh, how how cheap you going? Like, if if someone if you if someone offers you John Ross for a, it's kind of weird right now, a twelve future yeah. say, uh, late first you're snapping that up oh yeah that's easy what about I mean, uh, it's a, if it's a guy you, it's a guy you believe in i mean i don't see any problem with spending especially when you're talking about we don't know anything about who's going to stay um back this year we don't know what the combine's going to hold um there seems to be a large well, we might talk about this later but there's just a large group of guys that are all really similar and if you can take a guy who we've seen his performance in the combine already um and a guy who I mean, for all, you know, from the pundits out there should have a role like John Ross, then um, that's easy for me. I, I don't believe that he's bad. It's just not possible. I, I agree entirely. Um, just go back and watch his tape and, and watch the way he runs those deep routes. And it, it's it, he's he's a magician. Like, I, I've never seen somebody make. Well, I mean, I have. There are other players who make people look that foolish, but he makes people look next level foolish on tape in college. In how could you just not want to use it? Use that talent, right? Yeah, he may be hurt. You know, he may have been. I mean, healthy scratches is, is can be a bit of a misnomer. I think you know if it's 
you're not, you know, bad enough to sit out practice, but you're not healthy enough to be, you know, real in the game. Um, uh, and that's his problem specifically talking about John Ross's injuries. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'd be paying like, a, you know, 106 or wherever you drafted him right away. But, you know, 108, 110, you know, 111, you know, it's, that's a big difference. The, another thing to note there is that that offense has been sort of notoriously bad with second receivers for a long time. Like the last wide receiver, two that I remember being good on the Bengals was like TJ Hushmanzada. Um, they had Sanu. They had um, – who's the other guy that did the front flip? Um, they had Marvin Jones. The, the Bengals don't have good second receivers, and – Maybe if there's a coaching change in the near future, which there might be with how this roster is playing out, maybe another coach will learn how to put three wide receivers on the field together that work. Because Tyler Boyd and John Ross do not suck. They're not, they, they don't suck enough to never see the field, at least. That's my opinion. Tyler Boyd might, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and, and even, even A.J. Green hasn't had like an amazing year. I mean, obviously he just had a huge game, so it's hard to say that. Uh, but before that, he wasn't really doing great. I mean, the whole offense has been down. The team's not really that good. Um, but, you know, when Brandon LaFell sees the field before, you know, Tyler Boyd and um, John Ross, and there's something going on. Um, I'm just going to talk about the obvious one, and it's Julio. It's totally Julio. Um, just for me, I mean, he had that one monster game, which just proves Julio can just go do Julio things. And somehow with like one game, you know, for Julio a 68, 10, 63, it's really the touchdowns. Let's, I mean, he's got over a thousand yards. Um, you know, he's got three touchdowns compared to AJ Green's eight touchdowns compared to Keenan Allen's five or Hopkins is nine. Like, He's not far off with yards. He's not far off with receptions. Um, He's just not, you know, being used in the red zone. He's not completing those giant plays. And that's kind of what we expected Julio to be. Um, Obviously, um, you can't bitch because you own Julio Jones. Like, let's, let's be honest here. He's still Julio Jones. Like, he's still ridiculously good. He's still a top 10 ADP type of guy. Like, probably top five. Um, but at the end of the day, like it just feels like Julio has been a disappointment because he probably got 25% of his production off of that one game this season. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's probably right. I mean, right now he's in PPR, full PPR, you know, he's wide receiver seven, but he does have a 50 point game. That's definitely helping him out. Um, and I'm not a math person, so I don't know what halving that would do, uh, but he's averaging 16 points a game, which is it's pretty good still. I mean, obviously, that's going to get cut and cut pretty significantly when we take out a 50-point game. And, uh, yeah, he's been a bit of a disappointment. I mean, is it possible that for there to be a boom-bust wide receiver one? I mean, I don't – it's tough. It's, it's He's in a tough spot because I've seen him drop pretty far in, in startup mocks, and uh, I think he may be of, of value um, in, in a startup. I doubt anyone's trading – dropping him or, you know, trading him uh, – selling low on him is the word I'm looking for. Uh, but – I think in a startup, he could be a, a screaming value, especially now that oh, running sure. backs are up there. Um, that's a good point. And uh, I think this one's super important, especially if you are involved in super flex league. Czar, why don't you take this one, buddy? Ooh, um, so I was on this train for a while. I, I mostly hated Derek Carr, but I also hated these two guys. And both 
Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston have been extremely disappointing. Um, both of them are coming off of like years where they had a lot of hype. Uh, stuff was supposed to get going. Mariota ended with that awful, um, I think it was like an Achilles injury or something like that, some sort of ankle thing. But coming into this year, they were supposed to be pretty good. I think in most of the startups that I was a part of or saw um, that were super flex or two quarterback, they were going at the two, three turn or maybe a little before that. So people invested a lot of assets in these guys and Jameis Winston looks like crap. So just first off, it was the whole hard knocks thing. He got a little bit of hype. People thought him and Evans and DJX were going to put together an amazing season and he's just making terrible decisions. He hasn't learned shit. And it doesn't look like he's the type to learn. He might be sort of the, I don't know if it's a, it's, it's probably not a good comp, but like Brett Favre, just like, Ooh, I think I can get this there. Oh shit. I can't. And just set really bad interception records for the bucks. (laughs) Um, That's what it looks like to me. And Mariota, uh, Michael Lombardi was talking about it on a recent podcast. He says they're running a high school offense and in a way they sort of are, they're doing that whole exotic smash mouth, try to run the ball as best you can, set up play action, and then every now and then have Mario to do something. But it's not translating into fantasy points for us. It's uh, it's not turning into catches for Corey Davis or Decker or uh, Taewon Taylor or anyone that we thought was going to be good in that offense either. So those guys, um, I guess I'm going to be more wary or I'm going to continue to be wary of those quarterbacks that have hype but haven't really proven anything yet. Like you can't spend – a late second, early third on a quarterback that's young and plan on and plan on them being good if the the downside is this. People are going to lose massive value on these two. Maybe it's time to buy low. Uh, I wouldn't be buying low on these guys because I think everyone that owns them is probably just doing whole the whole sunk cost thing and holding until their value balloons back up. But I don't know. It's just massive losses and super flex leagues for everyone that has though too. And I'm, I'm, I do own a, a couple shares of Jameis and Mariota. Luckily it's in one quarterback, but I can't even start them there. It's just, it's ugly. We've got Wentz and we've got Watson and we've got a, a better class coming up. So that's, that's what I'm we've looking We've got McCown. To. We've got McCown. He actually that- carried me to the playoffs in pay league. I do want to throw that out there. I am the <laughs> crappy six seed. Uh, with Andrew Luck and Mahomes as my other two quarterbacks, and Josh McCown took me there. So thank you. Yeah, you better thank McCown. Well, uh, sp- speaking of pay league, uh, using using that scoring system, I think it's basically just six-point passing touchdowns and pretty standard. Otherwise, Jameis Winston has as many games under four points as he does over 20 points, which is which is kind of sad. I guess he, he just got his, his fourth 20-point game, so uh, it's it's no longer true. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of sad. I think it's with with quarterbacks, especially when when they get old, they get cheap, and like there's no real reason to be spending a premium premium on a 24 year old quarterback or 22 year old quarterback if they're not going to be a QB one. So you know, I, I if, if you can find guys like you know Stafford is QB nine, uh, McCown QB eleven, Rivers QB twelve, Roethlisberger QB thirteen, like these guys, Blaine Gabbert is QB sixteen in points per game, like. I mean, Case Keenum, QB 17 in points per game. Like, these are the guys that if you're playing in two QB leagues, like, that's that's kind of where the value is, not in guys. like Even as Wentz and Watson have, have incredible seasons for as long as they've been lasting this year. Um, you know, Alex Smith, QB 4. Like, these are the guys that are, that are you know, the money makers in, in two QB and super flex. For sure. As far as I think concerned. that's a good point. Um, I think we'll end our depression there. I mean, there's more people to talk about, but I just don't. Oh, do we have to talk about Cooper? 
Amari Cooper, why did you have to do this to us? He's still so good, still good. but man, he's had a bad year. Um, but again, is that kind of in the Julio mold? Like that's it's because his QB is trash. Yeah, Derek Carr is the worst. He's he's the worst thing in the world, and he is a knockoff version of Chris O'Donnell. I stand behind that statement one hundred percent. Ugly Chris he O'Donnell. He could be Chris O'Donnell. He does. At least he was in a Batman. That's fair. Uh, now I know who you're talking about. And vertical limit, and he's in one of those like CSI type things. He's a stud. Unlike Derek Carr. So you heard it here. You heard it first. When Derek Carr retires, he's going to try to be in a Batman movie, but he probably won't get there because he sucks. So moving forward, um, we are at the time of year, and I actually started doing this yesterday. Um, there are, yeah, if you've got so a team I. who's not winning anything, um, it's time to start making moves and start stashing some free agents, dropping your defenses. Uh, dropping kickers if your league is full of fascists, you know, trying to figure out um, where to go and where to invest. So we can start, why don't we start at the top of the list with quarterback. Um, The guy who I think is definitely stashable is uh, Gabbert. Like Blaine Gabbert's look decent in, in Arizona and he's got Larry Fitzgerald locked up for another year. Um, Chad Williams looks to be a decent young talent. John Brown, if he can ever stay healthy, would be interesting. And JJ Nelson, like David Johnson's coming back. That offense will be something. And especially in a two quarterback league, if, if Gabbert's starting, you know, if Palmer's done, which we don't know what's going to happen, um, Gabbert could be a really interesting player on that team. So I don't know if anybody else has any ideas for um, stashes on the waiver wire at quarterback. No? Okay. Um, I have no idea who's on the waiver wire. Yeah, especially in two quarterbacks leagues. These days. Yeah, um, Does Jacoby Brissett count? I mean, I think he's technically – I thought I think he's played really well. I mean, I'm looking at his stats, and actually he's not been that, that good. But he's been better than Marcus Mariota. So <laughs> um, I think he played really well. Obviously, Luck's coming back, but I don't. I, I think Jacoby's a a guy that I should think, be owned. Yeah, I wouldn't at least be surprised right now. if teams, if when Luck comes back, if teams start looking to trade um, for Brissett, because yeah, Ty got as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are guys who I'd be buying good. right now because they, especially in fantasy, guys like Brissett and Ty God can move. Like that's valuable in and of itself. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I refuse to mention any 49ers, so let's move forward. Um, sorry, buddy. Didn't, didn't mean to hurt you, Matt, but I hope you're listening at running back. Who, who are we thinking here? Um, I know personally, I'm a, still a fan of Jeremy Hill, um, which is sad and silly. Um, but man, his Why? first two years were so good. Um, he looked big and fast and powerful, uh, and I think if he lands on the right team, he could be an interesting running back. But I think the Bengals just refuse to use him well. Um, and their offensive line was shit. So that's just my opinion, man. Like, if Jeremy Hill's out there, which I see people dropping him, um, I'd be picking up Jeremy Hill personally. So, Ryan, why don't you, or Zar, why don't you hop in on wide receiver here with somebody who you're stashing or trying to trade for for next year. Right. So I couldn't think of that many stashes because I guess we're all in. So most of us are in deep leagues where the waiver wire is literally barren or there are no waivers. So 
the sort of low value guys that I think could balloon pretty well. One of them is Tyrell Williams. Um, most uh, a fair amount of people that I've talked to don't really know, but he is going to be a free agent after this year because I think he was a undrafted free agent or like a late pick. Um, so he only got like two or three years instead of the four or five that we're used to for uh, good receivers. And he's good. He's definitely not a bad receiver. Granted, a lot of it's Phil Rivers throwing throwing him drag routes and crossing routes, but that's I mean that's the NFL now. They they run pick plays and they run crossing routes. Um, he could go to a lot of places and be a solid wide receiver too. And he's not priced like a wide receiver too right now. Like I, I've gotten him within the last couple months for a late second, a late second for a guy that could be a, a starting wide receiver too in the NFL next year is a crazy steal. He, he does well with volume. He's, he's big, he's quick. He, I mean, he checks all the boxes for someone that you'd like to have on your team that could break out. And because the price isn't prohibitive, He's like an easy buy and just wait until this year's done. He's not going to be on the Chargers. They have to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Travis Benjamin, Hunter Henry. They've got pass catchers. He's gone. And there are a lot of landing spots he could go to that are great, like San Francisco. Like I'm not a Sterling Shepard believer, so I think it's an underrated spot that a bigger wide receiver two could land, um, the New York Giants that is. There's, there's good spots, and I think that Tyrell Williams is one of the better stashes at this point as far as uh, pricing goes relative to other other guys. Yeah, I just want to co-op that one. That one, that's really good. And uh, you, you didn't even – you got through that whole thing without even mentioning his athletic profile, which is really, really, really good. You know, he's one of those uh, metric kind of freak guys. So he's someone that I'm definitely targeting as well. Um, I mean, his spark – score it's you know just pure pure athleticism is like 82nd percentile um which is crazy good uh you know undrafted free agent so he may be the only one that i don't think is super trash and, trash. and he's someone out he's someone that i'll probably try to add on literally every single team kick the tires and you know he's someone who could really really surprise people um he kind of reminds me of robert woods you know this incoming to this year um, who ended up going to a crappy situation um, once uh, Sammy got there. Uh, but obviously we didn't know that was going to happen. And I think both are both really great athletic players that are underutilized where they are. And you you said it, they can't have all those wide receivers. I mean, they can't, there's no way they're going to, why would they sign him um, when he doesn't really fit a role that can't be filled by someone else? Um, and I think that's why they're going to keep someone like Travis Benjamin. This is something that Seth talked to me about, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, Travis Benjamin is that, that deep threat, and uh, Tyrell can do that. I just think he's – that's not really what his role would be. So, um, yeah, definitely a huge so stash just to me play as off well. of Tyrell Williams um, and a player in a similar situation, I mean, not so much this year, and I think he's in a perfect spot because he's just been underperforming. Um, but he's an athletic freak, especially for his size, and that's Dante Moncrief. He's got to be a buy low right now, right? Like – nobody's really paying attention to him. He's still only 24 years old, like going to be a free agent. Where are you guys at with, with uh, Dante Moncrief? I think he's, I'm, I'm with you. He's a buy. I don't think people realize how young he is. Like it feels like he's been in the league forever and has just been underperforming. Like everybody used to argue that when Luck's playing and Moncrief is playing, Moncrief will get like 30 yards, but he'll get a touchdown. And that's sort of true because he has a really good athletic profile as well. And he's going to be on the move. Um, the Colts need to spend money elsewhere and they've put, they, they don't put money into the skill positions very well. They're kind of the worst at it. 
there might be worse than than the Browns even, which is just kind of sad to say. But if Moncrief leaves, he's another one, just like Tyrell Williams. He's got the athletic profile. He's shown that he can catch. He could be a good possession wide receiver, and he's a red zone target. And if you have a wide receiver too that's a red zone target, you give yourself a better shot to win every week because that's that's usually the difference. So yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Like, g- g- all right, g- given his price right now, like, let's say he goes to a new team and ends up being like, say, Mohamed Sanu. Like, are you satisfied with that investment, or do you need him to be better than that? To he's got to be more talented profit. than Sanu. There's no way. Like, he's definitely a more talented player, and he's shown that. I don't know. I think yeah, that's are, a really good. Sure? The tough contested catches. He's a big guy. He does athletic shit um i think i would be happy if he was the new esque sanu's not a bad second or third wide receiver to have and the way people have given up on moncrief you might be able to get him for similar prices yeah i just see i see moncrief as a slightly i think he's a little bigger i think he's a little more athletic um maybe similar but maybe i'm wrong um but hey you know um i think that he could be an interesting player somewhere else um, or even when when luck comes back, if they decide some reason they're going to blow money on Moncrief, then perfect, let's take it. Um, is there anybody else people want to hop in on as far as free agent buys or stashes are concerned? I mean, is it is is Sammy Watkins still kind of a you know left for dead right now? Like he he he's technically a free agent. Um, he's he's been remarkably efficient, but he hasn't really been getting the targets. Um, he seems pretty, uh, I'm pre- pretty safe by at least. Like, I can't really be worse than he's been, can he? Yeah, I mean, he's at 32nd overall ADP. Uh, this is um, November, right? November. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think he's um, lower since then. Lower. I think yeah, I think he'll be lower rather. Yeah, yeah. Like I, some some of the trades I've seen him and you know, they're obviously you know Twitter poll kind of bullshit, but I, I, it seems like he's going for pennies on the dollar. Um, but I mean, check with the God. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan McDowell. Oh, uh, it all. while you're checking that, um, another guy who may be worth a buy right now, I guess if you get another year out of Jordy Nelson, like I, I, I can't imagine him being much more mm. than a cheap buy right now. And if you mm. a, I feel like he's already owned by, by contenders. No, you will. I mean like, but yeah, but a contender would, would, would jump out on him in a second. Wouldn't they? Like he's getting you like five points per game. No, well, I mean, I just mean, you know, going into next year, I guess he would probably be already owned by a play, an owner yeah, who probably yeah, wants his production that's with A Rod, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so Sammy's at twenty eighth overall. That's ridiculous. I and, love him. Uh, that's so that's the third round. That's that's the third round. I mean, I don't know what happened in this, these mock drafts, but um, to uh, to I guess I understand. But Mixon and Corey Davis over Sammy, I don't, I'm not sure I'm there yet. I did want to say something along the lines of the discussion with Jordy. Like contenders are kind of wanting out on him. He's thirty-two, going to be thirty-three, but he's what was he like? The wide receiver two or three last year with all those touchdowns. It's kind of mm-hmm. I'm using him as the comp for these people that are talking about getting out on AJ Green and Julio and Antonio Brown early. Um, early being like twenty-nine or thirty. These guys can can play for a long time. So don't get caught up in the hype of the young receivers when you don't need to sell AJ green three years before he becomes a wide receiver two or worse. It's if you can get, you can probably get Jordy out of AJ green, Julio or Antonio Brown. So I, I see a lot of people wanting to sell them and, and get picks and that, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Yeah. Like give me, give me all the Antonio Brown right now. Like he's, he's a monster. Uh, he could play till he's 36. 
Yeah, I mean, he is, but it's, I don't know. It's Maybe it's the sub or just rookie hype with teams that aren't that good, but these guys don't need to be sold for pennies on the Yeah, I mean, right I now. moved late first and Jordy for what ended up being the 101. I knew it was going to be 101 or 102, um, and I was very comfortable with that, but that's because I got the 101, and I love me some Saquon Barkley. Um, so any chance I get at maybe getting him is, is pretty impressive. Um, another interesting buy, which, I mean, I'm not a pro on him, but he's definitely a player who I'm interested in, um, after this year is Marquise Lee. I don't know if anybody is a fan here, but from watching him this season, he's looked pretty good. Um, filled in well for for Allen Robinson, considering Allen Robinson's a monster, um, and and done well with the targets he's received. So easy, Zar. Don't even you don't even get to talk right now. Um, and yeah, yeah, Allen Robinson. Good point, Dylan. Allen Robinson's also a free agent. So I mean, these Jacksonville wide receivers are really interesting. I know people have been coming at me. I own a lot of Allen Robinson. Um, probably fifty percent ownership for me. Um, and, and people have been lowballing me on Allen Robinson for a long time and I'm not moving on him. I love him. I think he's just a great player. So, but, uh, sticky, do you have any feelings about Mark Easley? Yeah. I mean, during the draft process, I think a lot of people preferred him, um, to Allen Robinson and, uh, for good, for good reason. Um, he was, yeah, he was really good. Uh, he went to USC, didn't he? Um, right. And I think a lot of people saw him and said, oh, well, you know, those USC receivers don't work out. Um, if I'm, oh, okay, so this, this will be, this was his third year and he, he missed a year. So, so his third round, third year breakout is, uh, is happening, um, for him. And I, I do really like him. I, I think I want to, th- I don't know why I can't break this mold of thinking people seem to tend to stay. Um, I can see A-Rob staying before I can see him leaving. I'm not sure their cap situation. Um, but I believe, Marcus Lee, even as a wide receiver, true on the, his team, I thought there would be enough volume um, for him, and I think he's been okay as like a deep, you know, wide, th- wide receiver three four um, this year. And I think it, you know, obviously if Arab leaves, that's going to be it's going to go way up. But uh, I don't know if their QB situation is going to be, um, but they definitely have a good run game that that definitely helps the uh, the offense. So I like Marcus Lee. Uh, I like Alan Hearns as well. I, I thought they were both, you know, some good values in the offseason. I think they'll continue to be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about Marquise Lee. I, a lot of people really liked him um, coming out. So I didn't so realize. I, I don't think they're wrong. He just turned 26. Like, he's he's a couple years older than I kind of expected him to be. Oh, shit. He is very old. Wow. I didn't know that either. I, I, Especially also, compared to Alan Robinson, who's like 15. Can we appreciate the USC wide receiver thing breaking? Like Juju came into the league and ruined it because Juju's good this year. Um, Aguilar is good this year. Mm-hmm. Lee is good. And Robert Woods is good. They're all good. Like we need to get away from the trope that USC is bad. These these wide receivers are pretty good. And they hurt us. there's no such thing as curses. Yay. Yeah, Robert Woods. <laughs> hey, Robert yeah, Woods too. Incredible. He was pretty good before he got hurt. Um, so there you go. Yeah, but he's scoring zero too. points this week. End it. <laughs> cut him. Uh, Super cut him. Uh, I guess another one that I like, another wide receiver, um, this is kind of a homer pick. I like Mac Collins a lot. Um, he, I think he's from a small school. North he's a fourth-round yeah. pick. He has – he's from North Carolina. All right, not necessarily a small school. 
small school, but he has the size and the sp- size and speed, and he has like a crazy amount of special teams. So he's going to be on an active roster. And you know, obviously, we just resigned out. We resigned Alshon, but yeah, he's definitely going to replace Torrey Smith. Um, sooner than later because Tory Smith is garbage and Matt Collins actually cares about his job. Um, so <laughs> that's a guy I that I'm going to try and add um, as many rosters as I can. So I think one that if even if you are competing right now, that's important. He might be on your waiver wire. It might be a little too late, but Steven Anderson um, has been the most talented wide receiver on the Texans. He might, yeah, I'm easily the most talented tight end or not wide receiver, excuse me, um, tight end on the, on the Titans. And, the fact that he hasn't gotten playtime really till now is kind of ludicrous. Um, so what we'll do now is we'll skip over to looking at some IDP options um, as far as free agent and potential stashes are concerned. So Sticky, do you want to lead us off there? Uh, yeah, sure. I guess this is a good time to plug uh, my other podcast, The Read and React. It's from DLF, uh, me and this guy from England. We basically talk IDP all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm Shill Z today. But uh, definitely check it out if you're an IDP player. And after you listen to this, go check that out. Um, we've been breaking down a lot of these guys' stashes, and, and our upcoming episode will be all pretty much all about them. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of names that need to be looked at. Um, I think Kerry Hyder is probably a good stash. He's probably on your IR. Uh, Anthony Zatel, I didn't make a list. So he's just going off the top of my head. Anthony Zatel is really good, both on the Lions line. Uh, Ansa may be gone, so he's a guy you should definitely take a look at. Um, you know, a lot of guys in IR play, people are not too happy, um, with them, uh, doing that. So I think you can get a lot of these guys for a little bit cheaper and, and guys who are just producing really well. And you want to look at snap counts, stuff like that. Uh, linebacker, um, Clayton Gathers, um, he was kind of a stash last year. I believe he'll probably take the linebacker job in, uh, in Indianapolis. Um, I think. He, I think uh, Hooker is going to be the free safety, and um, Martias Farley is kind of locked down the strong safety role. So I think he could be a really good, a real good stash. He may still be a safety next year, so you can get him as a safety who's playing linebacker, and that's always good. Um, for pure safeties, uh, Josh Jones is his. Uh, uh, you know, he had a really big week, so I don't really know how much of a sleeper he is. Um, but if Morgan Burnett does leave, Josh Jones is going to be in for a much bigger role. Uh, I just want to go quickly, just to you know, IDP. No one really cares about and. Uh, Get back to the to the offense, Dylan. You got anybody off the top of your head? Uh, not, the other not IDP really. guy. I mean, I I like all of the names you gave. Um, I'm I'm like woefully under IDP right now as far yeah, as as far as like hard. next year. Like I'm I'm still I'm still in 2017. Um, fuck. Uh, uh, I guess more like Joe Schober is probably going to keep his job um, and play, continue to play really well, even when Jamie Collins is back. Can you believe um, people were talking today now, uh, or six months ago? <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, right? Um, same with um, Demario Davis. I don't really see a reason for him not to be on the team next year and not to be in the exact same situation he is. They've spent the capital on Darren Lee um, and the two safeties that they've added. So I could see Demario Davis being almost as good as he is this year. Uh, and then people on Twitter were talking about today, Dylan Cole, uh, for the Texans. Um, he has a really good athletic profile and when he's been on the field, he's been amazing. And, uh, I think they'll move on from Cushing and, and once they're off, their defense is, is full, full strength. I can see Dylan Cole probably being a guy you can go get today 
you know, if you're already out of it, get him off waivers. And um, that's probably a really good stash. I'm going to go play that. Sorry, I know that was fast, but uh, I talked fast. You can go back and listen to it again. Just take a bunch of notes because I'm awful. (laughs) I do talk fast, yeah. Um, As has been proven in Nightmare League. So we do have a final question, and it's, yeah, uh, it's basically aimed directly at me. Fired. Fire across the bow. Um, So the real question that I think Sticky wanted to hear about today is all about this question. Uh, The Bitcoin has been a huge piece of the news recently. It's been a huge part of our group me chat. Um, The thing has been everywhere. It's just ubiquitous. So right now the Bitcoin's at what? $13,000 per Bitcoin? 14,000 per Bitcoin right now. Uh, It's 14,000. Scam! Uh, Don't worry, I made $3 off of this. (laughs) I'm just kind of a big deal. Um, So the question was, would you rather have one Bitcoin or $14,000 currently today uh, uh, on December 6th, 10.13 p.m. Eastern Time? Um, Would you rather have one Bitcoin or Saquon Barkley as your best friend? This is a hard question. All right. I think you should answer first. I'm cheap as fuck. And that's something you need to know about me. However, Saquon Barkley is the man. And we all know he's the man. And if you're Saquon Barkley's friend, that means you're probably going to some NFL games. Like if you guys are tight, you're getting some tickets. Maybe hanging out at the crib. Maybe throwing back a couple with Saquon. So the real question is $13,000. Which, after tax, let's be honest here, is way more like $7,000 than it is like $13,000 for hanging out with Saquon. Let's be fair here. Like, I'm choosing Barkley 10 out of 10. He seems cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely agree. And he's not 21 yet, so you can't throw any back. Yeah, yet. I was going to say that you're... you're in, uh... Uh, rooting for a, was that a felony or misdemeanor? Yeah. I don't even I don't even know what uh, you're a criminal. You're a criminal. It's a felony for set. It's a felony. You alcohol for a minor. This is when the lawyer is supposed to chime I, in. But I am a class. civil attorney. I, you can I do throw not back soda. You don't even know. You guys are just making assumptions. Man. You're all criminal. I was. <laughs> I, I take too, just because yeah. the part we didn't talk about is Bitcoin is not actually money. Like you might be able to flip it now for 13k, but. Uh, no, you, uh, I just I just can't get over the fact that it is not a guaranteed right to any sort of money in any form. And Saquon Barkley. That's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. Like, if I'm his best friend, I bet he has a big enough house that we can be roomies. Like, I wouldn't have to pay rent and you that'd be worth more than $14,000 a year, know. in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and we just play Madden together when, he, when he's got free time. I'd uh, <laughs> massage him when he's got, like... Muscle cramps oh. after the games. I'd be a good best what friend. Kind of friend. I'd be a good best friend. Yeah. I just want to lay that out there. Wink, wink. Yep. Yep. Yeah, if it's like five Bitcoin, maybe maybe I have to think about it. But for just one, all about being Barkley's best friend. Just to, just to go to the games. I mean, Even if it's in like Indianapolis. No, then you get in the owner's box. Ew. You understand Ew. what the parties are like in the owner's oh, box, God. especially at Lucas Oil Stadium. Like, come on. Those things are like raves. That's why they never show a picture of him up in the. It's just there's too much smoke going on. There's too much. There's too much white powder floating in the air. They just don't want to take a picture of it. Um. So yeah, man. I mean, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying it's sparkly. Ten out of ten has to be. Has to be. Um. We should. Uh, I'll take the cash. Really? I mean Bitcoin, not cash. You. I'll would. take the cash. 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but think of all the booger sugar you could get up in that press box or that owner's box. Booger sugar? What the hell is that? <laughs> if you live in Miami, you should know what booger sugar is. You Google that. Urban Dictionary. Uh, yep. Context. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> when the Bitcoin crashes, do should, should we get should we get other Ryan's that, address to make sure that he's okay? Um, dude, when Bitcoin crashes, other Ryan might, uh, <laughs> he might, I don't know, man, things might get dark. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to give him a share of Barkley so he could, uh, get out of his depression. We could plan on that. Um, Someone give I don't him think a there's really many uh, other food takes in the chat recently. And I think we're sort of, uh you know, dwindling. So hopefully you enjoyed the, the reintroduction or if you, if you remember us, that's even better. Um, you're going to hear from us again next week where we will have, um, our sarcastic robot on with us potentially, um, which is a huge deal. He is the man who created the name, which I cannot even begin to say M Hotep. What's the uh, prospect's name? I'm going to friggin' butcher it. Equimonious. <laughs> nope, Username nope. is going to have to come on. Username Equimonious Saint Mhotep, um, Germanius, um, Liquidius Brown. <laughs> Thanks, Dicky. I do what I can. Um, so uh, let's just look for some parting words uh, from words of wisdom. So, Dylan, why don't you start us off, being that you're the wisest. Oh shit! Um, See, happy Hanukkah. Quick on your feet. Nice. Um, that's fantastic. Czar, what are you thinking, buddy? Um, gift cards are valid Christmas presents, and don't think that someone doesn't care about you because they gave you one. They care a lot more about you Ooh, because they want you to have freedom. I like the take. I like the take a lot. Um, I'm personally a fan of booze. Mm. Gentlemen, take note if you're listening. Um. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think the gift card solid booze is solid. Um, there's a lot of different nice gifts. I think that, that you can go with, uh, what's the number one. It's gotta be family. You know, the number one gift is family booze. No friends, family, Charlie. ones. just a cat, a dog, Charlie. you know, exactly. Charlie, my dog, Any, anybody that loves you, second Barkley, someone you love, even if it's not, even if it's not a tangible object. If you know, my wife and if, I get another dog, there's no way I'm not naming it Barkley. Like, there's no way. Like, you gotta name, you gotta name the dog Barkley. You have to now. <laughs> He'll have no idea. You should rename the blind one. He won't know. Blind uh, death. Come on. There it is. Get Maybe a cat name, Barkley. I don't know that I can handle that much irony in my life. Um, <laughs> there's there's an Archer joke somewhere in there. Um, Sticky. Is is that are those your parting words? Okay, I feel that's I feel like that's a that's a fantastic place to end. That's fine. Yeah, that's um, we're giving you Christmas recommendations. We're coming back next week. Um, we figured you've been without us so long that we would do back to back weeks. Next week, you are looking at primarily Devi uh, talk with hopefully a lot of username sarcasm uh, is what we're really banking on. We'll also be looking for questions in the sub. So if you're in the sub. We'll post early in the week. Try to get some attention. Try to get some. Um, try to get some questions from you guys. Um, for sure, we're going to talk about James Washington. He's been pretty controversial in our in our little chat there. 
Um, we'll also be talking Bryce Love um, and certainly some other players as well. So if you have interest in Debbie players, if you want to talk about how you look at tape, uh, if you want to hear any of those things, please make sure to check back next week. We can't tell you how much it means that you're checking in with us again. So folks, take it easy and dream on. All right, and we would like to welcome you to the sixth episode of the Dynasty Dreamcast. Tonight, we'll be joined by... Fuck, the Dynasty Dreamcast. What the fuck is that? Dynasty Dreamcast. Fucking rookie here. Dude, it's been so long. It feels like it's been forever since I've I've done this. I'm, I'm rusty. I'm rusty.